Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, our guest is Casey Malden, who is the Chief Revenue Officer and Chief Lending Officer for Jovio Financial Credit Union. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Gary. Glad to be here. So, so Casey, talk to us a little bit. Tell us, um, you know, how did you get into the banking industry? Um, How long have you been in it? Sure, absolutely. So uh, about 25 years. Uh, the okay. reason that I got into it was I come from a blue collar family, a uh, construction family. I remember back in the day when my father was starting this company that he went to the big banks. Nobody gave him money. The small community banks and credit unions were the ones that listened to him uh, and were more apt to do business with him. He grew it into a thriving organization. But ultimately, because we, we grew up in rural North Carolina, not a lot of opportunities and stuff in the, the foothills of the mountains of uh, North Carolina. So the blue collar was kind of the path forward. Uh, and if it wasn't for those financial institutions, I don't know if I'd be sitting here today. Right. Um, what is it? So what, what is it about, you know, the banking that, I mean, you know, I understand, you know, why you originally got into it, but, but what is it about it that, that kind of gets you fired up in the morning to, to, to go do what you do? Yeah, it, without a doubt. It's the, the client member impact is being able to go out and serve the needs. And you don't get that immediate gratification because you normally don't see it. Most of what I get are complaints. Yeah. Uh, but the, the good thing is when you don't get a lot of complaints, you're doing something right. And you start, you can truly see it, especially in the small and mid-business uh, side of it, where they start to flourish. And even though I may not be an owner or a shareholder of it, I do take ownership in it because I help get it to where it is. And it's, who knows, maybe it's uh, the same impact that these credit unions and uh, banks had with my father. There's going to be somebody in that next generation that goes up and kind of feels that same way. Now, can you can you talk to, to listeners here and explain kind of what the difference is between a credit union is versus, you know, the mainstream banks that, that most people have heard of? Sure. Yeah. So the biggest thing is that it's a not for profit. That's the and, and a lot of people say, well, all right, well, does that even really matter? Because I just I want somewhere safe to put my money. I want somewhere uh, where I can borrow. And, but it is a lot bigger than that. And the reason for it is you start looking at the ownership structure of a bank. Bank is typically owned by a single individual or group of individuals, uh, shareholders, and their board is usually a makeup of people who are compensated in some capacity. Whereas a credit union is owned by its membership. So and there's certain pros and there's also restrictions from a growth of a credit unit perspective that you don't have on the banking side. And we can go further into it. But from an ownership perspective, especially as a chief within a credit unit, any of the impacts that I have isn't. Yes, it's about profitability, but it's the positive impact that we have to our membership. So it's more of that accountability. And that's what. What I look at from a community financial institution is that I want to be able to support my community and I want them to have faith in me. Whereas if you're going with a for-profit financial institution, 
it's more about that bottom line and it's meeting shareholder demand, whereas ours is kind of a slow and steady growth. So now, is there anything different with like, you know, FDIC insured and all of that kind of stuff? Is there a difference there? No, it's all the same. It's just through a different organization. So instead of FDIC, we have NCUA. Uh, so that's the uh, insurance is the same. It's a 250000 cap on it. And it's the same structure standpoint, too, as you would have with a bank. Now, do you, do you guys, um, you know, sell the same products and, you know, credit cards and loans and, and so forth? We do. Uh, certain credit units may not, depending on their asset size and capabilities. Uh, you, with larger financial institutions, meaning banks, you may get into more complex commercial lines and loans. Uh, traditionally, with credit unions, it's your fairly standard uh, items. But as long as not getting into like receivables, uh, factoring, that's where you may have to find a more complex credit union. And there are not very many of those. These are these are your true community financial institutions. Now, in going through, you know, so in going through that, so you guys do the car loans, you do, um, you know, the mortgages. Uh, what what about, um, you know, investing money for people, life insurance and, and annuities and mutual funds and stuff like that? You guys still do all of that stuff also? We do. We, and it's, uh, it's a full plethora of it. So it's not a specific wealth division that we would have. We have where it assist the needs of those that uh, fall into every type of bracket. Uh, and with credit unions, especially in the markets that we serve in the Northeast, if financially sophisticated individuals, they more than likely already have a broker uh, that they use to handle it, uh, their, uh, their investments. But we do offer that service. We like to be able to get people, especially from a growth perspective, to get on the front end and be that entrusted advisor. Okay. What about now, how, how do, I mean, do you guys work with businesses? Yes. So yes, it's not just an individual thing. It's, it's a business also. It, that's correct. Yes. We are a little bit more complex than some, uh, but not so much. If the best way to look at it is the way that we are structured as a credit union is, is very similar to a community bank. So you focus on your commercial deposits and loans, uh, and that's mostly real estate, operating lines, credit cards, the things that it takes for a business to function on the consumer side. And that's where most credit unions fall uh, from a broader brush perspective is that they're heavy on the consumer. And that could be uh, auto, whether it's direct or indirect, your credit cards, your mortgages, uh, HELOCs, those things. Mm -hmm. Now, do, do you guys, your, your credit union, do you guys have brick and mortar also, or is it just online? Yeah, we have both. We are expanding digitally, uh, which is where we're seeing most of the demand. Most of right. the clients that we do talk to, the members we talk to, it don't go into the physical facilities. But I do believe, and I've believed this for a long time, if you're going to expand into communities, it's always nice to have a brick and mortar location in the event something were to occur where you couldn't access uh, the power, internet, whatever the case may be. Uh, but yes, we are in the Northeast. We are primarily Long Island, but we are looking at expansion uh, going westward. And from there, we'll kind of see where it goes. The biggest thing I look at are the data points uh, mm -hmm. to see where the pockets of demand are. And that's when I start looking at it. this. What's interesting about the time that we're in right now, there may be an opportunity for potential acquisitions or assumptions to go into markets that we historically wouldn't look to 
uh, because we're in a little bit better of a financial position than maybe some of the others. Right. Um, it, you know, because you guys have members, typically who are the members for, for your guys, uh, Federal Credit Union? It, it's, it's all over the board. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, it is your uh, college grad all the way to the one to the individual sunsetting. Uh, from a commercial aspect, we have a very robust commercial real estate uh, group. Uh, we are getting heavily, a little bit more heavily involved on the true small business side. So your uh, uh, members with revenues less than $5 million a year. Somebody who's looking at true, just a general operating line or a vehicle loan, or that, that's where we're starting to see the opportunities uh, for expansion, and we're going down that path. Now, kind of doing the the, the comparing and contrasting of, of you guys versus the traditional, uh, you know, banks that most people most people know. What are some of the things that that make you guys, you know, more beneficial to for somebody to bank with than using? one of the bigger institutions. Sure. So in full transparency, I've built banks and uh, and know the ins and outs of it. With credit unions, it's a little bit more slow and steady. Uh, whereas with the bank side of it, it's about as prompt of, prompt of profitability as possible and depending on what the exit strategy of the bank is. So for us, there's not a whole lot of acquisitions and assumptions. So you don't see people go out and buy credit unions. But you do see credit unions buy banks or merge with other ones uh, through uh, growth, whatever the case may be. The big piece that you look at is the region served. And for us, you'll notice that when I'm talking the difference between a client and a member, credit unions use membership, whereas banks say usually client based. They've got different terms that they'll have. But the reason that you say membership is because you have to qualify. And certain credit unions have restrictions based on geography, uh, segment groups. If you're with employed with a specific uh, company, they may have access to it. Or like in our case, we are we were geography, but we finished up an acquisition that gave me the ability uh, to qualify people through a foundation. So if Gary wants to join Jovia and he's in uh, Maryland, Great, we can do that. You just have to say, hey, we support this foundation, which is a New Jersey and Pennsylvania Credit Union League. Most people have no issue with it. And now you're a member of Jovi. So it's a little bit different from a structure standpoint. Their product sets are almost identical. Uh, but when you start looking at profitability and the impact that we've got, the decisions that we make on our side is to benefit the membership base, not to benefit any specific shareholder. Now, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier, too, in, in, about, um, you know, being agile. Um, and, and I've always said that, you know, one of the reasons why I like being a small business owner is because I can, something happens, I can make a move right away. Mm -hmm. You know, compared to, you know, the larger institutions and stuff like that with credit unions. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. The... The market that we're in right now is not, it is similar to what we had in 2008, 2009, but this one's a little bit different. And the reason for it is whenever you see the Fed making these movements on the rate, you're not seeing the economy respond uh, the way that it did then. So I start questioning how, why, uh, and when you start diving deeper into it, you start looking at the product set that you've got, the employee base, are they cross-trained to be able to handle 
uh, different flows, call center volumes. Uh, and there's a bunch of things that you have to be, and then you start looking at the balance sheet as well, what's happening there. And if we, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to be agile and you think that the way that you were doing things prior to 2020 is going to be the same to where we currently are, uh, you, you'll painfully be mistaken. Uh, so on our side, it is about making sure you're putting the right loans on the books at the right time. You got the right credit criteria, uh, but ultimately you are seeing what the goal of a credit union is, and that is to assist and help the membership base. That's that gift back that we have. If we don't do that, then you're really not following the culture and the vision of what a credit union is. So you want to help people when they need help uh, versus only going after them when everything is great. Yeah, I mean, I I think you know we we were talking a little bit before we before we got on the interview here about kind of where we see things you know next year and and that we think that people individuals and businesses may need some help, but then also right now we're we're a couple of weeks away from a possible government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a, a a credit union like you guys? What do you guys do to kind of prepare for that? Sure. It's uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I've been through several of these scenarios before. So you get a little bit of the scars that come with it. And how do you prepare going forward so that you don't make the same mistakes? Not even the same mistakes, but you take advantage and assist the needs when uh, the opportunity arises. In our case, what we look at, and let's hope that a shutdown doesn't occur, but in the event that it were to, how would it impact the, the people that we serve? And even those that we don't serve. Uh, to be able to assist them. And ultimately, what I like about credit unions, and even when I was with the community banking space, it's about lifting the community. And it's about helping them at that time, because if you do that, then you're their financial institution. And they may not have sought you out initially, because you look at marketing budgets of the big banks, they can go out and advertise, it's glitzy, it's glamour and all that. But when times get tough, are they the ones that's going to be there to help you? And right. for us, that's what we look at. And I have to look at worst case scenarios, Gary. And it, uh, I'm an optimist in life, but my job makes me be pessimist a right. lot of the time. But I have to be able to go out and offer product sets. So in the event there is a government shutdown and uh, the client base membership or potential client base, the membership's impacted, I'm looking at loans that will give 60 to 90 days, uh, no payment, no interest or anything like that. Just pay it back whenever you do recoup the funds because that's what happened the last time in 2019 this occurred. But if it is elongated, we're willing to stretch it out longer. Uh, we're willing to go through and, and the, the part that's a little concerning when you do have these types of shutdowns, it's not just the government employees, it's the contractors, the subcontractors, all of those that might not get paid for that shutdown. And the reality is those are the ones that, if they can't feed the family, it, that's the, that's the impact. That's the stuff that keeps me up at night. Right, right, right. What um, you know in, in in going through this, the um, type of loans and stuff like that that you guys do because you guys um, are, are smaller and, mm-hmm. and and in space and everything else. You know, how quick are you able to turn these type of loans around as compared to, I mean, it, it to me, it seems like a big bank, everybody's a number. And, you know, unless you have quite a footprint in that bank, 
you know, it's going to take some time and they're just looking at you as a number. How does that differ with with the credit unions? Yeah, on our side, we do a lot of these tabletop exercises all the time that if the scenario, if this were to occur, this is what we would do. Uh, you'd look at disaster recovery. Uh, in, and unfortunately, the government shutdown is kind of a disaster recovery. Right. Uh, the markets that we serve, and we're about four and a half billion in asset size, 250,000 members and, and growing. We're doing well. Uh, but the areas that we're primarily are along the eastern seaboard. So you have to look at the low-lying areas, the flooding, the hurricane impacts, right. snow, I mean, things like that. So we uh, and several of our members are in Florida. So you, you have to make sure that the where your membership is, you are looking at what the needs and impact may be if a scenario does occur. And ultimately, that's what we do on our side. We pivot quickly. Uh, we have got a very robust team that uh, it's it's not always roses. Uh, there's uh, there's some there's some thorns at times that we have to address, and that's what we take a look at on our side to make sure that we're proactive. Uh, but in the end, it, we want people to see us as that safe haven. That when things are great and everybody wants the business, we're going to be there to serve you. But when things are bad, we're also there as well. So. Give us give us a couple tips for any uh, business owner that is either getting in to the business now that's looking for an institution to to work with, uh, or even somebody who's been in business for years and just feel like it's time for a change. What are some of the tips um, that they should be looking at when they're when they're talking to a banking institution? Sure, depending on how complex you want to get from a simplification standpoint, look at fee schedules. Uh, and look at kind of what their lending practices are. Do they offer the loans and lines that would help you get to where you are? And also kind of as a business owner, it's not so much where you are today, but where you plan on being. Are they going to be able to grow with you? Right. And in certain situations, even within the community banking space when I was there, it, it's that pride that the business grew to a certain point. But as the commercial banker, I went back and said, hey, I, I want your business. The reality is this is so complex. This would be the better place to go. Right. And, and it, it, you've got the, you've got the, uh, the accolades and the trust from the, the client uh, at that time. And it's what I would say to look at for uh, the growth. So I would also, if you want to dive deeper and you've got the capability to do it, so start looking at the, uh, the call reports of these financial institutions because it'll help determine what does their liquidity position look like? What is their delinquencies they have on their loans? And you will see that if you have low liquidity, high delinquency, they're probably not going to be lending a lot. Okay. So those are the things, if you depend on how sophisticated you want to get, you can do that. Uh, but the biggest piece I like, where is your business? Where do you want to go? And if it is a small business and it's serving uh, Crofton, Maryland, then hey, community bank, credit union, perfect place to go. But if you're planning on going national and you're using international wires and then maybe the larger financial institution, but find that trusted advisor, somebody that you feel comfortable that you can go through and talk to uh, that uh, is going to listen and not try to push you into a product because it's going to benefit them financially. Yeah. I mean, we always, you know, on the show, we always talk about making sure that you have your professional team um, and I think that that's, you know, banking is, is part of it. And lots of times people don't think about that. They always think about, oh, CPA and attorney. 
It's like, man, you, you know, you got to have that financial advisor. You got to have that banker that's that's in there also, because if I'm if I'm building my business um, and I need to borrow to to take that next step, I need to make sure that 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 banker's on board with us to help us be able to to grow that business too. Mm-hmm. That's correct, and and also take it easy on the banker every now and then because you might not always get the answers you're looking sure. for. Uh, trust me, I want to be able to celebrate and I want uh, uh, all the small business owners to get exactly what they're looking for. But having a, a good advisor on the financial piece will help you avoid some pitfalls that others may have not. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier and stuff, I'm an optimist in life. Unfortunately, the job's made me a pessimist when it comes to it professionally. But I don't know. I'm not the life of the party. Nobody's coming to me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think though, but but again, I think it's one of those things that that if you have um, a banker that's being open and honest with you, because it right now might not be the time that you can lend to me, but if there's some things that I do that could get me there, you know, would certainly be helpful. And I think that having that conversation with the banker and your CPA to help you get to that point, you know, is a, a big difference. Yeah, that that's correct, and. What you'll find is, and at least through my, throughout my multiple decade career in this space and having a family of, uh, of small business owners as well, is making sure you keep the credit score, monitor that as closely as possible, keep payments on time. Secondly, when you start reporting income and you know that you're trying to go to a, a certain level, if you don't make it and it's not on those forms, I can't, I can't yep. state that you yep. have it. Yep. Uh, be, be a little cautious uh, when you start uh, not reporting income piece because it may benefit you in the short term. But if you're growing, uh, it's going to be tough for a financial institution to justify right. income that's not there. 100%. All right, Casey, we covered a lot of stuff. What have I not asked you you wish I had? Uh, I would say that from the environment that we're in right now uh, is keeping a very close eye on on the business side of it. Look and see what happens if you do see a downturn in the economy. How is your business affected? Uh, is it something? Are you properly prepared? Uh, it's uh, tis the season as well. I'm looking out the window here at all the squirrels uh, getting all the nuts and putting them in the trees and stuff. Now's the time uh, to make sure that you prepare yourself for an uncertain year. 2024 doesn't I feel optimistic in a sense that it's not going to be as chaotic, uh, but I can't say that that's going to be accurate this next year. It uh, could be uh, as uh, as rough as 23 was from an ability to adjust and move quickly. So make sure you keep yourself prepared as much as possible uh, for what could occur. Right. So Casey, if people like what they hear. They like the idea of, you know, the, the, you know, community, federal credit union, things like that. How can they reach out to you? How can they find out more, you know, about your uh, credit union? Sure, absolutely. You can go on to Jovia, J-O-V-I-A.org. There's a fantastic website, very user-friendly. It allows you to apply for loans and open deposit accounts and all that fun stuff. Uh, You can find me professionally on LinkedIn, Casey Maldon, M-A-U-L-D-I-N. And, uh, I'm not too much on the other social media site, Gary, so I don't uh, I don't put a whole lot of stuff out there, but you can easily get a hold of me through those channels. Uh, and I do encourage anybody, if you have questions, comments, concerns, I'm going to be more than uh, honest with you to let you know what uh, the best path would be. If I'm not, uh, I don't have the answer, I'll find the person who does. Great, great. 
Casey, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I think I think that that what the again I told you previously that you know my mom was part of a credit union growing up as a kid and stuff like that. So I definitely think that that um, uh, you guys have been very helpful to to many many people um, and appreciate what you guys do. Thank you so much, Gary. Yeah, we're we're very proud of what we do. It's that community impact, and it's what keeps me going every day. Great. Thank you. Appreciate your time. This week, our guest was Casey Malden, who's the Chief Revenue Officer with Jovia Financial uh, Financial Credit Union. Thanks a lot and have a good day. Thank you so much, everybody. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>